For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Training camp has officially opened up for all 32 NFL teams. Welcome everyone to Stacking the Box. Football is back. It is myself. It is Sterling Holmes. We got a great show for you today. Sterling, how are you doing? How do you feel that football is kind of back? Not football that we can watch yet, but training camp is in session. Uh, not as good as you who hit a 120 to one bet this past weekend on the open with Brian Harmon. Got to get that out of the way early. Congratulations to my man, Ian. If you want any reason to follow him, that's reason enough. Ian McBets, dude, that was nails. Uh, but football related, I am very excited. The Chiefs, for example, where I'm from, live in Kansas City. They've been going on now for a week. They had quarterbacks and a rookies report but now you see almost every team in the nfl i believe actually the ravens report today they're one of i think one of the, the last teams if i'm not mistaken to report so nfl getting into full swing with training camp man is it good to be back it is good to be back finally we have actual football that we can start talking about yes i did hit brian Harmon 120 to 1 this past week i wish i put Every I wish I could have I wish I would have taken out a loan and put it put it on Brian Herman so I could have retired. Not the case. Uh, he did pay for a couple of new suits I had to buy on the weekend though, so that was good enough for me. Uh, yeah, jam packed show today. We got uh, biggest winners and losers from the past week. Uh, the NFL top 100 uh, for this season is starting to debut. The first 10 players on that list have been released. Uh, Saquon Barkley, the big news today, signing with the Giants, avoiding the franchise tag. Uh, a couple other things, and of course, we're going to finish off with the Immaculate Grid once again. See if we can do better this week. See if we can do the Immaculate Grid. I think we are one, maybe two short last week. Let's see if we can go nine for nine this week. Before we dive into all this, quick ad read here for NFL fans. DraftKings has upgraded their sign-up offer for a limited time. If you're a new user, you can receive $200 in bonus bets by following just three steps. Number one, create an account. Number two, make a deposit. And number three, wager $5 on any sport. That is right, any sport. It doesn't even have to be football. It can be golf, for example. Uh, whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive the $200 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code STB. That stands for stacking the box. Code STB when you sign up. The best part is using our code STB not only gets you the bonus, it also supports the podcast. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, which you absolutely, sh absolutely should use the code STB to maximize your first bets. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. There we go, baby. There we go. It's like Twista. Remember Twista back in the day, the early 2000s? The rapper who was known for being very, very fast. That's now Ian McMillan. That's I've never, now. I've never heard of Twista until now. What? Overnight celebrity? Come on. Grow up. Nope. How old are nope. you? You're my age. We're 29. Yeah. I'm 29. I'm 30. I'm a year older than you. Uh, see, you should know. You should know. Uh, by the way, 
you wish you would have put that 200 bucks if that was a bonus bet on Brian Harmon. Oh. You would not be here right now. That much I can guarantee. That that would have paid out what a nice cool 24 grand, I think. I would have yeah. taken the week off. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have sucked. That wouldn't have sucked. All right, let's get into it. Who was your biggest winner from this past week? My biggest winner from this past week uh, is actually a winner from today, earlier today. Jimmy Graham re-signed with the Saints to a one-year deal. I didn't know this guy was still in the NFL. I looked up his stats. He has, well, he didn't play last year, so maybe that's why I thought uh, that he wasn't in the NFL anymore. But do you remember, like, Jimmy Graham, there was, like, a one-year span, whereas, like, him and Rob Gronkowski were, like, people were arguing who's the better tight end. And then he just kind of became just, like, a normal, very, very average to below average tight end the rest of his career. But I'm going to call him the winner because now he's back in the NFL after not playing last year. Back with the Saints, which is where he was uh, originally when he had his good years. Led the NFL in touchdowns, touchdown receptions in 2013. He was uh, all pro that year. Uh, second team all pro in 2011 jimmy graham shout out not a name i thought of for a long time uh 36 year old jimmy graham uh by the way he was a pro bowler last in 2017 when he had 520 yards playing in 16 games i will say he had 10 touchdowns an absolute red zone threat that was always his uh calling card was his Uh, ability to score touchdowns. He actually had eight touchdowns and only 456 yards with Chicago in 2020. But you're right, that 2011 and 2013 year, Jimmy Graham, Gronkowski, it was those two guys vying back and forth. Uh, My biggest winner, Brian Harmon, all lefties. Lefties unite as a lefty golfer. I was rooting hard for Brian Harmon, but I will say this. This is an NFL podcast, so I will keep it NFL related. The biggest winners are the veterans who have not signed and who have not reported to training camp. It's a heat wave out there. It is steamy. No one wants to be there. Was it Michael Strahan who said it was, what, 250K to miss training camp? He goes, I would have started doing that a lot sooner. No one wants to go to training camp. It's hot. Okay, it's not fun if you are a veteran and you know what you are doing. So I will say the veterans who have not signed, they are the biggest winners right now. First of all, I I think we've brought this up before. I'm also a lefty golfer. So lefty golfers unite. Big win for us. Also big, big win for us. Short Kings. Brian Harmon, 5'7". I'm not quite that short. I'm 5'9", but I still consider myself a short king. So big win Mm. for us shorties, too. Hey, I'm Uh, 5'10", baby. I got you by an inch. I think I think I don't think you're short once you hit five ten. I think it's five nine and below your short. So. so you think I'm in the the medium range guy? Yes. I'm, yes. I'm, I don't I'm, think you can celebrate Brian Harmon winning as a fellow short king, but you can celebrate him as a fellow lefty though. Okay, I thought under six foot was the cutoff, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll take the compliment of not being yeah. called short, being five ten. Thank you for Excellent. making me seem like I'm a giant. Um. And what was your other winner? Oh, veterans. Oh, the, the the classic veteran move, which I always respect in the NFL, is guys who are on the brink of retirement and they say they're going to retire just so they can get out of training camp. And then they announce like two weeks before the season starts that they're coming back. Uh, just an all-time, literally a veteran move. Uh, I respect it. Training camp stinks. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're seeing guys like uh, Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon, or not, Melvin Ingram and um, Carlos Dunlap. They've done this before. Uh, this is the all-time veteran edge rusher move right now. Uh, they don't want to be there. They get up to the quarterback. They know their role. They know they're they're playing thirty percent of snaps tops in this upcoming season. If they are going to play, they're waiting it out. Yeah, 
Absolutely. My biggest loser of the week, uh, Eagles fans. Uh, because this past week, former Eagles, CJ Gardner-Johnson, now he did actually have an injury, which uh, was bad to see, but it looks like it's not too serious, so I think he's going to be all right. But CJ Gardner-Johnson, while streaming, uh, I'm assuming on Twitch, some kind of streaming platform where it looks like he was playing Grand Theft Auto, um, he was quoted, uh, someone asked him what his least favorite thing about playing in Philadelphia was, and he was quoted by saying, my least favorite thing is the people. They're effing obnoxious. I effing can't stand the effers. I don't know if we can swear on this or not. I've never got confirmation one way or the other. Um, I, I have a lot on the Arrowhead Addict podcast. I don't know about this one. All right. I don't so know. I'll say effing for now, but he basically just trashed Eagles fans. They're obnoxious, and he can't stand them. Uh, so CJ Johnson is now in the Lions. Handing the Eagles fans an L. I will say I went to an Eagles game this past year. I went to the NFC Championship game. I actually thought the 49ers fans there were more obnoxious than the Eagles fans. But maybe that's because the Eagles just ran away with that one. So they're never in danger of losing. So maybe I just didn't see the obnoxious side of Eagles fans. But I will um, I will defend Eagles fans in this one. Hunter says, swear away. All right. So I will read the actual quote then, since now I feel like I have to. Uh, they're fucking obnoxious. I fucking can't stand the fuckers. Uh, so Eagles fans, my biggest loser of the week. Well, what about karma? Karma might be the biggest winner getting him back be. with injury. It could be. I'm sure there was no Eagles fans <laughs> that were celebrating him getting injured though. Almost immediately after saying that I'm yeah, sure no. Eagles fans were, were very level-headed about that happening. Uh, my biggest loser is running backs. Okay. Yes. Running backs. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to feel sorry for multi-million dollar athletes playing a game when there's people who are struggling to make ends meet doing a uh, demanding job. I, I know it's very, very difficult to compare the two, but let me try and break this down uh, in a more generic sense here. Imagine you work at a company. The company has, uh, has grown and has given raises 76.5% over the past 10 years. Okay. So 10 years ago, and then you look at it now, it has grown at 76.5%. Everyone else you look around is getting raises. Bob in accounting, uh, Mark in sales, everyone is getting these raises. And then your boss comes to you and says, hey, you know what? Not only are you not getting that raise, we're going to ask you to take a pay, uh, pay decrease. Yes. That is basically what's going on with the state of the running backs. Uh, you look at the franchise tag. It has actually gone down since 2015 compared to now. It, the reason why I said 76.5%, according to Jason from Over the Cap, the NFL has grown 76.5% in 10 years, okay? Right tackle has grown 209, uh, 209%, which is actually the largest gain, which is a little of a surprise, but also not when you realize the value. I think teams are realizing, hey, don't sink all your money into left tackle. Right tackle is also important. Quarterback, interior D-line, guard, wide receiver, and safety have more than doubled. Salaries have more than doubled in the past 10 years. Then you get all the way down. Running back has grown 23.9% overall in 10 years salary rise, salary-wise. Again, the NFL salary cap has grown 76.5%. Running back has grown less than long snapper. Long snapper is making... More money in 10 years is not salary compared, but as far as what it was 10 years ago compared to now, their salary has grown more than the running back spot. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we, we dove pretty deep into this uh, in last week's episode. I will say one thing that kind of did happen 
this past week in the running back situation outside of Saquon Barkley, which we'll talk about, is the running backs did hold a private meeting via Zoom, I believe it was, um, organized by Austin Eckler of the Chargers. And the conclusion of that meeting by running backs was, quote, and this comes from Nick Chubb of the Browns, right now there's nothing really we can do. We're kind of handcuffed with the situation. But the only position that our production hurts us the most if we go out there and run 2,000 yards with so many carries the next year, they're going to say, you're probably worn down. It's tough. It hurts us at the end of the day. So they had a meeting, um, and the conclusion of the meeting was there's nothing we can do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, running backs, unfortunately, the losers of the week. It's different. NFL, they give salaries much different than, let's say, baseball. Baseball almost pays you for your name and for what you have done, right? Right. When you see in baseball and you see these contracts, they get these long extensions after they've already probably realistically had their best years, right? I think everyone understood Albert Pujols had his best years already behind him, and then he signed that ridiculous contract with the Angels. They never got the best or the prime Albert Pujols. NFL is different, okay? They always pay for what you were going to be, right? That's a little right. bit of the difference. You're like Quinn and Williams with the Jets, right? They made him the uh, second highest paid currently before Chris Jones signs. Um, highest second highest paid interior defensive lineman in the NFL right now because they're they're saying he is still projecting what he's going to become because he's still young. They're trying to pay for his best years. Major League Baseball and NFL are completely different, and that carry situation I think goes hand in hand with this. Teams are saying, "Hey, we have already gotten your best years. Why would we pay for your decline?" Yeah, it is what it is. And that kind of led to Saquon Barkley ending up uh, just signing uh, with the Giants. So I thought that there was just a, because we talked about it last week, because I think last week was the day where it was the last day that running backs who were tagged with a franchise tag could sign deals. But it turns, turns out they can still, they're still allowed to sign a one-year deal, which is obviously the same length of a franchise tag, which is what Saquon Barkley did today. Um, only slightly more than what a franchise tag was worth. So in some sense, it kind of is just a franchise tag. It's a, it's a little bit more, but still um, it looks like this, uh, this is the way that they're going to get him to training camp. Um, and he's going to be playing for the Giants this year. But tough look, because it's not a great contract for Saquon Barkley. He got 900000 more than it would be on the franchise tag. He had, what was it, a... The rumors, if you will, the alleged he had a was it 14 million per year? Was that what I saw earlier? Was it 14 million per year over was it three years? If I'm not mistaken, that was the alleged rumor that he turned down, saying that wasn't even close. And then he signs a one year, 11 million dollar contract again, 900k more than the franchise tag. It's a tough situation because Saquon Barkley now is going to get probably run into the ground. That offense is run through him. And if you're the Giants, you're sitting here saying, well, we're not on the hook for multiple years. We might as well give him 200, 300, 400 touches, right? Let's just run him into the ground. Who needs a second or third running back? You will be our bell cow. Not only are you the best running back on the team, maybe one of the best in the NFL, top three. There's no repercussions for, for holding him back. There's no reason to hold him back. It was like when CC was at CC Sabathia when he went to Milwaukee and the Brewers were like, hey, we don't have you next year. You're going nine innings every single game. You're throwing 130 pitches. We don't. We're not on the hook for you for for the future. We don't care. I think the same thing's going to happen with Saquon. Yeah, unfortunately so. Uh, and it especially doesn't help that Saquon has had injury issues in the past. So if they try to run him run him into the ground, it's probably not going to be the best thing for him because I wouldn't be shocked if he gets injured 
and hurt again this year. What does this mean for the rest of the running backs? Because he could only sign a one-year deal. Right. Right. That was all he was able to do once the timeline passed of a multi-year contract extension. He was either going to be on the franchise tag or this rare offshoot where you can sign a one-year deal. But it was only 900K more. And Saquon Barkley is way more valuable than 97% of running backs in the NFL. What does this mean for these next up-and-comers? I know J.K. Dobbins was trying to say something, but J.K. Dobbins is in a little different boat. Um, they have no leverage at all at this point. Does None. anything take place? Does any players' association try and come through? Does Do they all hold out? I have no idea where they can even go from here. I don't think anything can change until their current deal between the NFL and the NFLPA is over, and they have to – renegotiate that i don't know when that is i'm not a guy who usually looks into that kind of stuff but at the end of the day running backs are just kind of screwed um until uh the nfl and the nflpa can get can get back to the table whenever that deal is over so i don't think there's literally anything that can be done right now yeah it doesn't help when you have guys well austin eckler kind of also is part of the problem when he was a late round or was he undrafted I think, I think he was, he was a undrafted. undrafted and he's one of the better uh, running backs in the NFL, especially in today's day and age, being a great pass catcher. That's how these players are going to have to evolve. You know, McCaffrey makes a lot of money because he's a phenomenal pass catcher as well. Alvin Kamara got that big deal originally because he was a great pass catcher as well. Aaron Jones has been stained with Green Bay because he's a great pass catcher as well. These running backs are going to have to evolve to today's day and age if they plan on sticking around and stick and staying here for a long time. Um, again, when you're getting Isaiah Pacheco, the Super Bowl winning running back, and he was a seventh rounder, right? That does not help your case. Um, again, just sticking with the Chiefs here, when Daryl Williams is a Super Bowl winning running back and you look at what his career has looked like bouncing around, he's been nothing more than just a guy, just a jag, if you will, just a guy. It just goes against all these top-end running backs and what they're trying to fight for. Yes. All right. Let's get into the NFL top 100 players. We now have 100 to 91. Uh, what was the biggest surprise to you? Uh, I think one of my big surprises was that uh, Trevor Lawrence wasn't ranked higher than what he is. I'm trying to bring up these rankings right now, but um, Trevor Lawrence came in at 96, wasn't ranked last year. This is a guy who, don't forget, in the second half of the season last year, was arguably the best quarterback in the NFL for the second half of the regular season. Took the Jaguars to the playoffs, led them to a comeback playoff win. Only coming in at 96th in the NFL. That's in between Harrison Smith of the Vikings and Jamal Williams of formerly the Lions this year, the Saints. Uh, so we only got 10 players so far. I thought Trevor Lawrence deserved a little bit of respect. But also it's so hard with these rankings because you're talking about every position. Yeah. So like, I don't know where that's going to fall once the full 100 is out and we see how many quarterbacks make the top 100 but uh, that was the name that kind of stuck out to me the other one was dalvin cook dropped from 31 to 91 i think it was yeah huge drop for him 
I think the biggest surprise for me was Jamal Williams being ranked in the top 100 and at 95 above Trevor Lawrence. That to me was an absolute shock. Again, Jamal Williams, 17 rushing touchdowns last year, actually led the NFL. He had over a thousand yards, but I don't think anyone's going to sit here and say Jamal Williams is a, uh, uh, absolute bell cow. He's a massive difference maker. I think we probably saw the best year Jamal Williams has ever had, and we may be getting a little carried away here. Uh, let me give you the list of the guys coming in at 100. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith coming in at 100. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, the edge rusher from the Dallas Cowboys, 99. Tristan Wirfs. The phenomenal tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He actually went from 57 last year all the way down to 98. Uh, Harrison Smith, uh, the free safety for the Vikings. He was unranked last year, 97 this year. Trevor Lawrence, as we mentioned, coming in at 96. Jamal Williams at 95. Terry McLaurin. The commander's wide receiver coming in at 94. He was unranked last year. Eric Kendricks, middle linebacker from Minnesota now with the L.A. Chargers coming in at 93. Marlon Humphrey, cornerback for the Ravens, unranked last year at 92. And then, as you mentioned, Ian, Dalvin Cook at 91, dropping 31 spots from last year's number 60. Yeah, um, I love Devontae Smith. I thought maybe he deserved a little bit more respect. Um Jamal Williams, just to go back to him, what a career he has made for himself for a guy who really, outside of touchdowns, actually hasn't been a very effective rusher. Now, he does, he is a great receiver out of the backfield. That is a big role that he played, especially with Green Bay. Um, but 3.6 yards per carry, 3.8 yards per carry, 4.3, 4.2, 3.9, 4.1. So year after year, he hovers right around the four mark when it comes to yards per carry. Running backs who usually only average four yards per carry are out of the NFL very quickly. So Jamal yeah. Williams, just I don't know if you know scoring in the red zone is um, is a skill. I did, I know that he got way more red zone carries than everyone else. So it, maybe he should just thank the Lions for giving him a ton of red zone carries. But Jamal Williams now heading into his seventh year in the NFL has carved out a nice little career for himself for a guy who, for his career, is only averaging four yards a carry. It's very uh, LeGarrette Blunt-esque. Yes. Very LeGarrette Blunt-esque. Yeah. Who also played for the Lions, his last team in 2018. Scoring oh. five touchdowns and only had a 418 yards. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go, Jamal Williams, the new LeGarrette Blunt. I, I'm with you. I, I thought that uh, Devontae Smith being 100 seemed a little low. Again, these are voted on by the NFL players themselves. This is not the media. This is not some guy. This is the NFL players themselves. So it kind of gives everyone a little understanding of what their thoughts are. Right. We didn't think Jamal Williams being 95 above Trevor Lawrence makes any sense. But to the NFL players, they obviously see something in him that we do not. Do you yeah. almost give more credence to this or do you almost say, you know what? They're players. They might not be watching every single snap. They might not be looking into every little thing as much as maybe folks who are analysts or in the media are. Yeah, I, I don't know if that might be a hot take, but I actually trust the players' opinions actually a lot less than everyone else because, number one, they're going to be biased towards both their teammates 
and their friends, guys they went to college with or on other teams. Um, number two, on Sunday, they're playing. They're not sitting down and watching Red Zone and watching every single other NFL game. Now, I will say one thing the players do do more than the casual fan is they do watch a lot of film, though. So actually, the I would trust them if they're talking about uh, players on teams who are inside their, their division because they're playing those guys twice a year and watching a ton of film on those guys. Um, but for example, an NFC team, a player on an NFC team probably knows very little about a player on an AFC team because they only see four of those teams a year. So they're not watching many films on those AFC teams and they're definitely not sitting down on Sunday and watching them either. So um, yeah, there's some pros and, but there's definitely some cons, but it's not like just because they're players in the NFL that they have better opinions than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, trust me, we've seen a lot of NFL opinions uh, once they are going from a former player to analyst. A lot of those times uh, yes. it does not correlate. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm trying to think of the guy who who is the dude that's just absolutely brutal. Uh, well, obviously, Emmanuel Aucho, obviously. Um, that wasn't even who I was thinking of, but that that right there should tell you all you need to know. There's a new one. Uh, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. Mm. Brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, I was a little surprised that Tim McLaurin wasn't ranked last year, though. Yeah, me too. I feel like he yeah. had a lot of hype going into last year. He, he, he did, and he really backed it up um, over 1,100 yards. That was 1,200, 1,191. He was really good, and he's been playing with a bunch of uh, bums at quarterback. I really thought – we would see Terry McLaurin higher last year, obviously on the list. I thought he'd be higher this year. I'm with you with Devontae Smith. I'm intrigued to see how the wide receiver list ends up playing out as this list uh, keeps getting released. Looks like they'll be releasing 10 players a day up until August 3rd. So there you go. So we will have more to talk about with that one next week. We'll have a lot more players in the list. Yeah. All right. Marcus Peters signing with the Raiders. What do you make of this? Uh, not really. Uh, I think he's obviously past his prime. It's probably a decent veteran move uh, or a decent veteran to get for the Raiders. Um, at the end of the day, I don't really think it moves the needles for me for the Raiders, but it's something good to keep in mind. So the next year when we watch the Raiders play, we won't be surprised when we see Marcus Peters and go, oh, didn't know Marcus Peters is on the Raiders. So just a heads up for everyone because this news kind of flew under the radar. Marcus Peters is going to be on the Raiders this year. So prepare to see him in a Raiders uniform. He was fine last year. His coverage, his, his coverage grade on PFF was 69.5. Um, he was fine. The, I, he's not what he once was. He was not that ball hawk like he was early on in his career with the Chiefs as well as with the Ravens for a couple of years there. He doesn't like to tackle. We know that. I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be like, you know what? As I'm getting older, you know what I want to do? I want to tackle even more. Don't think that's going to be the case. So when he's not getting interceptions, he can be taken advantage of. Uh, he did not grade out well um, in run defense last year, obviously, as well, according to PFF. It's a fine sign for the Raiders. They need bodies. They need dudes. Uh, obviously, he played for Kansas City for, what was it, four years? Because he was a first-round draft pick and got traded uh, that last year, I think. I'm not mistaken. So maybe they're trying to get a little insight on what Kansas City does. It's a fine move. It's a fine move. Fine. Yes. But my main thing is, if I didn't see this piece of news on my computer, I bet you next year I would have saw him play in a game, and I would have been like, I had no idea Mark Speeders on the Raiders. So just so everyone's prepared, Mark Speeders on the Raiders. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bijan Robinson is favored to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Do the betters have it right? I was actually surprised by this. I obviously like this as a Falcons fan, but I'm surprised by this just because of how quarterback heavy this award usually is. Um, and there's two, at least two quarterbacks, if not three, that are going to be starting basically right out the gate. If I'm not, uh, if I'm correct, Bryce Young, I believe, is going to start right out the gate for the Panthers. CJ Stroud, probably for the Texans. Anthony Richardson's third on the odds list. Does Gardner Minshew start for the Colts or is Anthony Richardson? I don't know. That's still up in the air. But for three young quarterbacks that are probably going to play the majority of the season, for all three to be behind a running back, uh, pretty surprising. We just remember a couple of years ago, Josh Jacobs, in my mind, easily should have won Offensive Rookie of the Year. They ended up giving it to Kyler Murray, a little bit of a, of, um, a quarterback bias, I think, that year. Uh, I thought Josh Jacobs was by far by far the best offensive rookie. So I was a little bit surprised by this, but hey, if Bijan Robinson lives up to the hype, uh, that's only going to help my claim that the Falcons are going to win a playoff game. Yeah, I will say this: he is the clear cut favorite. Uh, you look at yep. most betting sites; it's anywhere from two fifty to plus three hundred. Bryce Young, uh, a lot of plus four hundred to plus five hundred. Anthony Richardson, as we mentioned, coming in third. Uh, you know, all the way up to plus nine hundred, and CJ Stroud plus eight fifty at the majority of books. Um, I would go CJ Stroud personally. Um, I know it's crazy. I like C.J. Stroud. I think he was my favorite quarterback coming out of college, coming into this year. I, I am quarterback biased. I think they moved the needle more. I also want to point out, they signed Laramie Tunsil. That blind side will be protected. Yeah. Uh, they brought in the best free agent tight end in Dalton Schultz. Where do rookie quarterbacks like to go to their tight end? Uh, they don't have great receivers, but they're trying to get that taken care of. Um They'll be trailing in every single game. So they're going to be throwing the rock a ton. I think CJ Stroud would be my favorite. And I think with the odds, I think it's probably a pretty good bet as far as the return, the ROI, if you will, on investment. I think CJ Stroud is the guy I would go with. I am a little surprised too, not just with Bijan being that much higher of a favorite, but with what Tyler Algier did last year, going over a thousand yards. Not mm. only that, they still have Cordell Patterson. How does he fit into the equation? I don't know how much Bijan Robinson is going to play on third down. You better hope he does because you spent a early first round draft pick on him. But what does the playing time situation even look like? Great question. Great point. That's a big reason why I wasn't a fan of them even drafting Bijan Robinson. They have Tyler Azier, who averaged 4.9 yards per carry last season. We were just talking with Jamal Williams, around a four yards per carry guy. Tyler Azier, 4.9 in his rookie season. I hope they don't just put Algier on the, on the backfield or on the back burner. I hope they split the backfield. Cordero Patterson, I could see them using him more as uh, more as a receiver. Last couple of years, he's kind of split time between running back and receiver. Now I think he's probably going to lean a little bit more receiver and still be the returner. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hard for a running back to win offensive rookie of the year in general. And now out of the fact that he's probably going to be splitting carries with Algier. So um, great point. All right. 
with the teams around the NFL starting to release alternate jerseys for the season. What are your thoughts on the throwbacks? You know, you have the Buccaneers and the creamsicle orange. You have the Titans with the Houston Oilers jerseys. You have the Jets legacy whites. You have the atrocities, which are the Detroit Lions jerseys. You have the horrendous um, Colts jersey, which for some reason they decided to put a black helmet on a Navy jersey. That looks just just really, really bad. Um, what are your thoughts right now on the alternate jerseys coming out? Yeah, I have a take about jerseys, and it's specifically related to, to the Buccaneers cream school orange jerseys, but it's also related to the Colts jerseys that I hate that jerseys that people used to always say were ugly and disgusting and a disgrace, now people love them. When the, the Buccaneers had the cream school jerseys, they're basically pressured to change their entire color scheme because people used to make fun of them. Now, like 20, 30 years later, people are like, oh, bring back the cream school jerseys. Those jerseys are awesome. Stick to a take. Us as We as a society need to stick to a take. If you hate the cream school jerseys, why do you now like them 30 years later? You only like them because of nostalgia. I think that's stupid. They are ugly. I hate them, and I hate that they're bringing them back. Stick to a take. We hated them back then. We pressured the Buccaneers into changing their, completely changing their color scheme. I think it's stupid that now 30 years later, like, oh, yeah, those jerseys are awesome. Bring them back. That was like the storyline of the NFL when the Buccaneers became a team, how ugly their jerseys were. Okay. I agree with a lot of what you said. Nostalgia, first and foremost, is a hell of a drug. Okay. Yes. Nostalgia is one of those powerful emotions human beings have. The reason why people hated those jerseys were not necessarily because of the jerseys. Is because they were the Tampa Bay sucks, not the Bucks. They were so bad. That time frame that they wore those, they were absolutely brutal. I yeah. think it's fine. I don't think – if they would have had success, I think people would have loved those jerseys. Mm. But they were bad. I think they're fine. I don't think they're as great as everyone wants you to believe they are. But I think they're pretty good jerseys. I see Jose Perez, thanks for the comment, says Giants color rush jersey is sick. 100% with you. I think the Jets legacy white jerseys are phenomenal. I, do I like think those. the Minnesota purple people eater jerseys that they're bringing back are outstanding. And I think the Colts jerseys are atrocious. What the hell are the Colts doing putting a black helmet on a blue jersey? That's like the first rule of fashion. Now, I get this is not a fashion show. It's the NFL. I understand this. But at some point, you have eyes. You can see this and say, hey, you know what? This does not go together. Well, I think uh, I think they're late on. A, there was a craze like 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, where everyone just wanted like blackout versions of jerseys, that those were kind of the popular thing. So they're like 10, 15 years late on that trend. But my take, and this relates to the Buccaneers creamsicle orange jerseys, Everyone hates these Colts these jerseys now. You mark my words, in 20, 30 years, people are going to be begging for them to bring back these jerseys. And everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, those are sick. Those are some of the best jerseys ever. Bring back those Colts ones. Hey, you remember those Colts jerseys with the black helmets? Bring them back. Those are awesome. No. That's what's no. going to happen. I hope no. we're still doing this show in 30 years so I can prove to be right. I will be 59 years old. Yeah. We'll be a Fun couple of old farts. Complaining we, we, about jerseys still. Complaining about jerseys. Yeah. If I'm doing this in 30 years, complaining about jerseys, I must have lived a pretty good life. Okay. I must have lived a pretty good life. Fact. No one's going to like those jerseys, man. 
All right. You're wrong there. I, I will say that you're right with the blackout jerseys. The early 2000s, it really, in my opinion, took off when the 76ers did the – in 01, when they went to the finals against the Lakers, Allen Iverson, it was cool. Those jerseys, I will stand by it. Those black jerseys were incredible. But then every team tried to follow suit. It was like the late 70s and 80s with the powder blues, right? Mm. How many teams had powder blue uniforms? The Phillies, the uh, the Kansas City Royals, the Texas Rangers. I mean, uh, the was the White Sox, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the list goes on and on. Everyone, everyone wanted powder blues. Early 2000s, everyone wanted the black jerseys. It doesn't work. I've seen people who want Chiefs jerseys to have their, their alternate being black. And I'm like, they're not the Raiders. Right. It's not in your color scheme. If it's not in your color scheme, why would you make that your jersey? The Atlanta Falcons make sense. Black is part of their color scheme. It makes sense for them to have black jerseys. If you are the Chiefs, if you are the Giants, if you're the Jets, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I will also point out, I like teams that stand strong in the face of adversity. And I'm talking about the Chiefs. They don't have alternate jerseys like this. They have the all whites, the all reds, or the, the red and white or white and reds, right? They're not going to go out with those gold uniforms, the alt jerseys that they sometimes sell. They're not going to play in those. They're not going to make a black jersey for the sake of making an alternate jersey. That's not their color scheme. I like when these franchises who have been historically important stick with it. Like the Jets, for example, their jerseys, the, the, the white ones are awesome, but they're not all of a sudden going with all black. They're not changing their color scheme. I'm a fan of, of when teams stand strong with history. I yeah, like that. I agree. I will say, I guess you can make the case that um, the Steelers with the Bumblebee uniforms, that's still their color scheme. Those are just brutal though. Uh, I don't yeah, think anyone likes the, the Bumblebees. Those are tough. Um, I do want to ask you about this though. The Titans and the Houston Oilers, who deserves to wear Houston Oilers uniforms, the Titans or the Texans? Cause obviously the Titans come, they were the Houston Oilers. Now the Tennessee Titans, um so it is like if you like the timeline that's the same franchise but now there's a franchise in houston um so in my opinion those jerseys should be transferred to the texans if any team if a new team opens up in a city where a team used to be even though they're different franchises the new houston team should be able to take over those jerseys i don't have extremely passionate take on this i don't really care because houston's not going to wear them to the Texans now. They don't care. That team left. It'd be like, I guess, if St. Louis ever got a team again. Let's just say this. The right. St. Louis gets right a team. Are they ever going to wear the well, L.A. Rams jerseys? No, I guess no, they'd wear the old St. Louis Rams jerseys. It's not exactly a one-for-one because one, when the Rams moved, they were still the Rams. Where when yeah, they, but they'd get, they'd get a different team, a team name. You know, say they're the St. Louis um, ketchup on – uh, right, but but pizza, the Rams pizzas, they're not going to all of a sudden wear Rams jerseys, I don't think. They're right. going to wear their, their new team. But the Rams still exist. Like, they, they didn't sure. change their logo, whereas when the Oilers moved to Tennessee, they changed from the Oilers to the Titans. So the Oilers isn't a team anymore. I will say that the Chiefs used to be the Houston Texans, right? Uh, the Yeah, or the Dallas Texans. And so they would wear those helmets sometimes. They still do. And no one here in Kansas City likes it because we don't have that that history. It's fine. It's okay. But the Chiefs have been around long enough now, too. They have their own history. You make your own history. If you're the Houston Texans, 
the Houston Oilers, by the way, that color scheme is not even, again, they're not even really part of the equation there. It's, they're different colors, too. I, Jose brings up a good point. All the Browns records are technically Raven stats. The one that I was thinking of was the Colts move from Baltimore to Indianapolis. So can the Baltimore Ravens wear old Baltimore Colts uniforms? The Colts do. The Indianapolis Colts would wear the old. Right, but this is the same example as the Titans. Because it, it goes with the team. I know, but I'm saying it shouldn't. It should stay with the city. Was you're you're saying it should stay, stay with, with the, the city, city instead of yes. the team. Yes. I don't care enough. I'm not going to lie. Enough. This one, I really don't care. I, like Someone could come to me with a great argument. I'd say, okay, I'll listen to it. I'm on the fence, okay? Um, I'm very I'll, passionate about uniforms and logos and team names. Yeah, I just uh, Washington football team was the uh, they backed ass their way into that one. That was the best name. The Commanders are, are, are cheeks. Um, I hope they they switch that name again. Maybe they'll be the Washington X. Maybe Elon Musk takes over and it's the Washington X. Uh, I do want to point out Patriots throwbacks are the best jersey yes. throwbacks with the uh, Patriot Pat. Anytime the offensive line gets some love on a helmet, it's going to be great. Also, you can't mess up red white and blue or gray red and blue it's gonna look good no matter what they did a phenomenal job with those i agree i think we've mentioned that on the show before it's it, yeah but, but i'll it, say it again it's baby. worth repeating it's worth I'll repeating. Say, oh, yeah again stats stay with the team are you saying the stats should stay in the city no stat, stats stats move with the team uniforms and logos stay in the city you want any any more convoluted situations here what what about the uh I was trying to think of a, of, a, of a tertiary moving piece. I here. would just love to see this just comes down to, I would love to see the Houston Texans wearing the old Houston Oilers uniforms. I, I don't think it's right that the Titans are going to be wearing Houston Oilers uniforms for a game this year. I don't uh, they right. were also the Tennessee Oilers for a season Good with point. Steve, with Steve McNair. Good point. So take that as you will. They at least were the Tennessee Oilers for one year. All right. Good point. Point taken. So maybe they can wear those uniforms then. Yeah, Ian. Come on. Mr. Jersey aficionado. I just debunked you. When you think of the Houston Oilers, who do you think of? When I think of the Tennessee Oilers, I think of Steve McNair. I think of Warren Moon. That's fair. I was one year old, I believe, when they were the Tennessee Oilers. or No, three years old. And I somehow remember Steve McNair there. I don't know why. Correct me if I'm wrong. This might be a fun little trivia fact. I, and I could be wrong. I believe Warren Moon is the only player to both be in the NFL and the CFL Hall of Fame. That, yeah. that might not even be right. That I might have just made so that he's up. Lying on but the show. He's just saying whatever he wants. Yeah, I think it's true. Let's go play the uh, Immaculate Grid. I learned last time. I learned how to play the Immaculate Grid last time. So Hunter says Oliver it. Luck. Is, is Oliver Luck in there? Are, are you naming a Houston Oiler or are you saying someone who was both in the CFL and NFL Hall of Fame? Houston Oilers. That's what he's saying, Houston Oilers. Okay. Yep. And I was right about Warren Moon being the only player in both. It's CFL Andrew Luck's dad, by the way. Uh, oh, there you go. That is true. All right. Let's do it. Have you done this one yet? Have you done this Immaculate Grid yet? Yes, I did it uh, earlier today, and I um, I went seven for nine. I I struggled with Denver Broncos. I didn't get a Bronco and a Raven. I didn't get a Bronco and a Titan. Um, okay. There was something. There was actually a couple players I thought of for Broncos Ravens afterwards, but it was too late. I had made some incorrect guesses. So why don't we start uh, with the easiest category? Get a load of the way. This is one thousand yard. Actually, I'll just explain what it is here. The top three. 
you're looking for players who both fall under the categories of teams and sometimes a stat. So the three columns today are is Ravens, Titans, and 1,000-plus yard receiving season. The three rows are Broncos, Chargers, and Texans. So let's start with the easiest section, which is the column of 1,000-yard uh, receiving season. We'll go with top right. So it is a Denver Bronco who had a 1,000-yard receiving. Go ahead, Sterling. Do you want, let's just say, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Shannon Sharp? Um, who who do you think would be more more rare? Um, I put I put Demarius Thomas. I think that's the easy answer. Did Shannon Sharp get a thousand yards? That's a good question. Uh, with the Broncos a as a tight end, because back then, even though like a top tight end still might not have gotten that many yards. Um, did Emmanuel Sanders? I thought Emmanuel yards? Sanders did, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of something a little bit more rare. Right, rare, of course. Um, yeah. Do you want to go Demarius Thomas just to make sure? Since we I know think we I think it. we go Demarius. I think we do. With this being the first one, let's go safe. Yep. Yeah, Shannon Sharp had three years over a thousand yards. Okay, we probably could have gone Shannon Sharp then. Uh, Demarius Thomas is probably the most popular answer coming in. Emmanuel Sanders also did as well. Thank you for not going with what I wanted there, Ian. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Let's go Chargers, 1,000-plus yard receiving season. So you have, obviously, Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. I think he went over 1,000. I think it was last year even. Um, I think Antonio Gates could be an interesting one. Again, tight end. I think Antonio Gates would be the guy I would go with. Who did you go with? I went with someone a little bit older school. Um, I went with Vincent Jackson. Mm, it's a good one. But I, a- I like someone that I actually just thought of even more. Um, and this is someone who I got wrong in one of the other ones. Um, Kellen Winslow, if you want to go really old school. Sure. What do you think? Antonio Gates, Kellen Winslow. I think tight end is going to be more rare than uh, than a wide receiver. Let's go Kellen Winslow. Let, let, let's see how rare Kellen Winslow is. E-N. Yeah, let's, yeah the first one, not the, the – yeah, definitely not the second one. He's 5%. There we go. And there he did go. do it. Okay. Um, all right, so now we got 1,000-yard-plus receiving a season, Houston Texans. There is uh, – I guess I could have. We could have gone DeAndre Hopkins. I guess I didn't. I didn't think of him. I went. I thought Andre. You and Andre Johnson. I went Andre Johnson. Yeah, Andre Johnson is the way I would have gone. Um, Hunter with the I am. I am a soldier. I believe that's yeah. Kellen Winslow Jr. quote. I believe he was now in jail. I think for yeah, being a yeah yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go Andre Johnson. That's who I was going to go with too. I know it's definitely Andre Johnson. It's definitely DeAndre Hopkins. There's other Texans received. Yeah, Texas. Yeah. Have they gone over a thousand though? Maybe. Yes. Right there at the top one. Andre Johnson, 2003, 2016, 42%. Now it gets a little bit trickier. Um, Are are there any Sterling that stick out to you that, you know, a player has played on one of these two teams? Let's start with. Let's Let's start with Houston. Okay. Houston and. Baltimore. Let's start there. Let's go. Let's go work our way up. Yeah. Houston and Baltimore. Gosh, you always feel like a, a dumbass when you do this live. Yeah, especially you, because, yeah, we're live and we can't just have dead air thinking of answers. I know. I'm trying to think. I don't want to. I'll, I'll give you some hints here. This is a player who is more. Oh, what, oh. How, about, how about Robert Woods for Houston and Tennessee? Right. Didn't Robert Woods play for Robert both? Wood, he was. 
Yeah, I think Didn't that he play worked. for Houston? Am I wrong here? Who am I thinking of? Am I thinking of Brandon Cooks? I don't think Brandon Cooks was on Tennessee, though. I don't Robert think Brandon, Woods I, I, might might be correct. Was I don't know if Brandon I don't think he was on Houston though. Now that I think about it, I don't know if Robert Woods was on Houston. Okay. Let's, he let's, is this year. Wait, no, no. Robert Woods is on Houston this year, correct? Right. I, mean, I think Rob- that's what it is. And I think for this, I think they have to have already played a snap for the team. So if it's a, a player that just signed with the team this offseason, then it doesn't count. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, Robert Woods is yes. now a Houston Texan. I, th- I think that's and he correct. played for Tennessee, so that wouldn't count. Right. Let's go Houston-Baltimore. I'll give you a hint. This is a player that's much more known as, as a Raven than a Texan. He finished, I don't think he finishes year, but after a very long, famous career with the Ravens, he ended, or didn't end, but he had a year in Houston afterwards. Terrell Suggs. Oh, that's not the player I was thinking of. Did he play for so. Houston? No, he ended I don't think he did. Yeah. Def- defense, though, you're, you're on the right side of the ball. Um, so Ed say, Reed. Ed Reed. Ed Reed had a year I in Houston. I forgot all about he, that. Yeah. And a lot of people also, that's kind of a player that sticks 28%. So that was yeah. a, a somewhat popular pick. I don't know what the most popular would be, but. All right, so Houston and Tennessee. So since Robert Woods is not going to be not counting. I could only think of one think. player, and it is a player that is going to be probably the most, one of the most popular immaculate grid players of, of, of all time because of how many oh. different teams he played for. Well, wasn't it Andre Johnson? No, because Andre Johnson. Was that yeah, Andre Johnson, correct? Yeah, I can't use the same player twice though. Okay, because that was when he got in a fight with Cortland Finnegan, too. Do you remember that? Cortland Finnegan was on the tight. I don't know if Andre Johnson was on the tight at that point. Tight, that, but then I thought he ended his career there. Um trying to think. This is very difficult on the spot when you don't have time. I put in the player. Uh, there we go. Hunter just submitted an answer. We can toss that in right now. Yeah. That is a player I thought of later, and I didn't because that was the one that I got wrong. So, Hunter, correct. Let's toss that in. Broncos, Ravens, Broncos. Ravens. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. So, let's go up to the top left corner. Yep, Joe Flacco. Yep. Great answer by Hunter. And by the way, Andre Johnson did end his career with the uh, Tennessee Titans. So that oh, would go. Worked. So that, so maybe we should have gone DeAndre Hopkins for Texans in the 1000 plus receiving yards. And we could have used Andre Johnson and Titans Texans. Yeah. Uh, the player I thought of, which is like I said, the most popular, um, probably Mac Lee grid player of all time is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had a year in Tennessee. Oh, good call. Ryan he played literally everywhere. Every, yeah. You could use Ryan Fitzpatrick in so many different spots in this. He's, he's kind of a cheat code for this. So are the McCown brothers. The McCown brothers are popular. Oh yeah. Uh, Ravens chargers. Let's go to this one. Cause I love that, that, that I did get this one. Cause this is a, this is a, a classic player. Um, I want to say of my childhood, but I'm going to see when. So it wouldn't have been junior CEO. No, this that's who i think of with the chargers a lot of oh um no i don't think he played for the ravens yeah he didn't play this guy was a defensive back he was a safety from oh he actually played as recently as 2021 wow oh uh eric weddle eric weddle boom eric what yep right there top one he went to the rams he's been all over eric weddle 
Yeah, that was pretty popular. That was going to be popular. I got a random one for the Titans and the Chargers, and I don't know why I knew this, but there was a backup quarterback. I don't think he was ever a starter. He started some games, but he's never a full season starter. And the two teams he was a backup for were the Chargers and the Titans. And this is like, this is the 2000s. I don't know if you'll ever guess it, but if there's anyone else you can think of, I'm open for Titans Chargers. No, I like it. Uh, Damon Heward. (laughs) Billy Volek. I would not have gotten Billy. I can I can 100% admit I would not have gotten Billy Volick. Volick. I think this was I think I know because this was my peak of like playing Madden like Madden 07 and I'd play like 25 seasons of franchise. So sure when he was in the NFL in 2007 for some reason I, I know them especially quarterbacks. Uh, all right. We're left with the Broncos and the Titans. Not one that I had an answer for. This is the other one that I, that I got incorrect. Broncos and the Titans. We are one answer away from being from completing the Immaculate Grid for the first time in the show. Hunter, if you have an answer for us. No, no, Ian, we can think of this. You got to think of running backs and wide receivers. Those are the guys that travel the most, right? Um, Did Demarius Thomas ever play a year at the end of it? You got to look at at guys the end of their career. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, end of his career, did he ever go there? Um, I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is on the Titans. Demarius Thomas, we can't use a second time anyways. Uh, um, CJ Anderson, running back, was he ever with the Titans? CJ Anderson was so. everywhere. Was he everywhere? No. CJ Anderson? Was an offensive lineman right now. I yeah. might have an answer. Was Eric Decker ever on the Titans? I think he was. He was. Eric Decker is the correct answer. That's Decker. a winner. Oh, here we go, baby. We did it. We are immaculate bunch of slightly above average immaculate gritters. Yes. Rarity score 285. Perfect. I don't know what that means. Uh, It's a score you get based on how rare the players are that you put in. What's it go up to? I have no idea. Hunter Hunter's late with it, but he says I got a deep cut. Let us know the deep cut, Hunter. We can't put it in now, but I'm I'm curious. Is higher or lower better for the rarity score at the very end? Any idea? Good question. I've Ian, come on. I'm you are the this is your thing. This is the first time that I've that I've that I've completed it though, to be honest. Oh no, I did one other time. Rarity oh yeah, it says rarity score is calculated as the sum of the percentages. So you want you want a lower score. Okay. Plus one hundred for each empty cell. So a lower score means you're more rare. Okay. Boom. Okay, so 285. Keep that Keep that uh, in mind. We'll see if we can beat it for the next couple of weeks. We're not going to do this during the season once we have actual football stuff going on to talk about, but I think we've got a couple more weeks of Immaculate Grid left in us. Let's see if we can beat 285 next time. Mm. We can do it. we got to think of more offensive linemen. They're never loved up yes. enough. Okay. I you, think, I like, how many offensive linemen do you know, though? I think I, I can name I know a lot of offensive linemen. 15? Okay. Oh, you know more than 15 offensive linemen. Right. The issue is trying to think of them off the top of your dome. Yeah, it's the off, but once offensive linemen are out of the NFL, like I don't think about them anymore is the issue. That's fair. That That's a complete – if we get the Chiefs or the Falcons, I think you and I are going to do really, really oh. well. We have not had a chance for those two teams yet. Yeah. All right. This was fun. Ian, yeah. I'm glad you brought this to uh, to my – 
to it's my a fun mind. little off-season activity. Hunter says Fred Brown. Mm. Was he throwback? Fred Brown, basketball Fred Brown is what comes up when I search him. That is a deep cut. If he doesn't even Fred Brown, definitely on the Broncos. Um and on the on the Titans, but only on practice squad, Hunter. Practice squad doesn't count. So he they need to have have played uh only at least one snap of the team. And the only team that Fred Brown played a snap with was the Denver Broncos. So good guess, but unfortunately, uh he was signed on May 4th of 2021 with the Titans, then waived before the season started on August 31st. So it wouldn't count. Well, Ian, just haze Hunter more, man. Just really let him have it. It was a deep cut, though. It was a deep cut. Unfortunately, wouldn't have qualified. All right, guys, this was a lot of fun. This was Stacking the Box podcast. Make sure you follow Ian McMillan on Twitter at Ian McBets. I-A-I-N-M-A-C-B-E-T-S. You can follow me at HomestretchKC. We would love it if you would leave us a review. Five stars is always preferred. If you have any questions, let us know. We will answer. Subscribe, like this video. That would mean a lot, a lot, a lot to us. We really do appreciate it. Until next time, we are out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.